Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. That is my actual job title and last name, and that is part of the reason why the model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is... episode which games of the 2022 season being played in 2023 i feel like i always get that confused with the years it's always kind of a, a complicated thing but we're here in january 2023 part of the 2022 season we've got five games to cover four of them here on january 2nd of course the national championship game which we will cover at the end in case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickleprofessor.com slash new for some explanations goals and community rules as always, remember, there are no locks in gambling, so what Cousin Jared and myself will do is make at least one pick on every game, all at one unit each. There's also picks given out on the website, Patreon plays of the day that also recommended an extra half unit, the compilation of all the recommended results can be found both on BetSafe and the Google Sheet, links in the show description. That Google Sheet also contains a full set of projections, and for early access to all of that, hit up Patreon, most of them for college football, but check that out for college basketball season, and shortly around the corner, about three months away now, four months away, I don't know baseball season so check out the patreon for that links in the crawler below it's also where you can get access to the discord chat people talk about nfl games nhl games all sorts of fun stuff there you can also ask us questions about all the football games but as always take what you like and leave the rest lastly please understand that good or bad variants will occur so as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every day that is an impossible reality for any gambler uh because jared we had a couple days where we were not profitable but overall I mean, still, still just crushing it. It's been I, the best. It's been a great bowl season. I'm it has been. It. it has been a great bowl season, and I'm not sure I've been more proud of any day uh, outside of New Year's Day. So, uh, just a couple, or excuse me, uh, not New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Uh, just a couple of days uh, ago, as you're watching this, uh, we we told you to lay the points with Iowa because playing without a quarterback was basically what they had done all season. It was no different. Uh, we we told you playing to go- against a crappy offense would be what they've done all season. They would generate defensive scores because that's what you do against crappy team and that's exactly what they did and we told you to go under 31 even as the number went up to 31 and a half before kickoff we told you don't be scared off go under that number uh we told you to go over in the georgia ohio state game that mm-hmm. was an an easy winner we told you to go under 30 and a half in the the tcu michigan first half and then of mm-hmm. course the third quarter was just insane so we knew to get the hell out well, of was- the on that one. yeah I, which is like i think exactly what we said too and that was a long time ago we talked about that but we said yeah slower start but we we're like things may get wild in the second half but in my wildest dreams did i not imagine didn't think it would get that crazy that. yeah uh i told my 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 father-in-law uh watched uh baby professor uh for a little bit of time there took him out to a park and then came back in like at the end of the third quarter when the score was, I don't know, like a million to half a million or something crazy. And he was like, oh, what was your pick for this one? And I said, believe it or not, it was first half under and we won. And he looks at me, he's like, yeah, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, how? Because yeah. he just saw that score. I was like, there's no way. Like, it makes, makes, makes no sense. And we got it relatively comfortably, too. Yeah, yeah. And we don't usually go off and have kind of unique plays like that. And so the fact that we kind of went off and did something a little unique and then it won and then would have crashed in such spectacular fashion if we had just played the game under. Uh, and so, yeah, that took, took a lot of pride in that one for sure. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the last bull episode alone. We were 14 and nine. We were two and one on our three college football playoff uh, picks for the totality of the bowls. Um, are on sides. We are 
20, 10, and 1 on totals. We were 10 and 7. It's been a really fun ride. Uh, usually I get to the end of bowl season and it's like the bulls get weird and you're just like, it feels like most bowl seasons, you're just trying to like hold on to any profits you have by the end of it. Right, and you're kind right. of like, you're not happy to see it go because you're going to miss the games, but you're also kind of like, man, I'm glad this not this just grind of trying to figure out how to make money on these, but it's like, it's been easy. And it's, yeah. I, I can't say, think I say I've ever said that for the whole bowl season, you know, you have spurts, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna hope to keep that going here. We've got again, the four January 2nd games uh, that'll be happening to the, the shelf life of this episode is going to be as short as ever, uh, yeah. especially for yeah. football. So uh, these, these games are tomorrow. Um, so it'll be a short one uh, with regards to how long this is good for. So everyone will be watching it like at the same time, uh, which, which should hopefully be a lot of fun. But before we get to the games and reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you'll miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. I already mentioned the Patreon, but check it out. If you haven't yet, lots of great benefits to be found over there. Above and beyond what we do here, membership starts at just $3 per month. www.patreon.com slash picks with the professor. But even if you're not there, we're still thrilled to have you here. Because Jared, let's get to it. All it's going to see about online. Sign up, link in the show description. The current as of the time of this recording late on January 1st. We got games on January 2nd. Monday, noon Eastern, Mississippi State versus Illinois. Um, obviously, the tragic passing of Mike Leach, a cloud over this game with the rest of the players. Um, Leach is someone who, you know, obviously a lot of us watching, you know, we never knew him, we never met him. Um, you know, at, at best, maybe we've met people who met him and, and, and played under him and that sort of thing uh, for many of us. But a guy, I think you have to acknowledge what he did revolutionizing the sport, um, having his fingerprints on so much of the game. Um, a lot of teams have done really nice tributes to him before their bowl games. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting something here as well. Um, I, you never, you never know how that's going to motivate a team or not. It, it, I don't want to sort of speculate on it because it could go either way, right? They could really come out you know, win one for them. They can also be just really distraught. I mean, I don't know the the emotion that someone who's gone through a tragedy this, this last year, the emotions these guys are feeling, I, knowing that a lot of them look up to a coach like a father figure. Um, right. No idea what these guys are, are feeling. Um, Mississippi State is a three-point favorite. It's come out from a pick em. I, I, I think the reason they're largely a three-point favorite is the news uh, that Illinois – all everything, all offense running back, Chase Brown, um, is not going to play. Um, they're also losing two uh, – Illinois is also losing two first-team All-Big Ten uh, defensive backs not going to play. And so that kind of dings them a little bit. Again, Mississippi State's three-point favorite. Both these teams are eight and four. So that has them ranked back-to-back against each other. It says Illinois is ranked 17th, Mississippi State 18th. That's, again, at full strength. It says at full strength, this would be a pick on Mississippi State's not at 100% either – um, they are um, without their leading receiver and their running backs, uh, who, who, running back who have both entered the transfer portal. So it's assumed that neither one of those guys are going to play. Um, we're going to take the under 46. Um, not really sure what's going to happen with the side. Uh, three is probably pretty reasonably priced. And again, there's just a lot of variance in how Mississippi State comes out and plays this game. But given uh, Illinois, A, just Illinois, period, uh, yep. full stop. And Illinois losing their key running back. Um, this number feels like it should be below 44. And so we're getting a great number here. Uh, 44 is a key number. 45, Kwasaki as well. We're going to go number 46. Cousin Joe, tell us more about that. 
Yes, I, I think Brown missing for Illinois. I mean, he was such a big part of their offense, an offense that was a little bit inconsistent and had trouble getting going at times anyway. He was kind of the thing that they leaned on every single week kind of to get them going. And without him, I mean, we know how I feel about the Mississippi State defense. I mean, I talked about them ad nauseum throughout the course of the season. I think they're one of the more underrated units in the country because they were playing across from uh, or complimenting a, a Mike Leach offense, and that's always kind of going to steal all, all the thunder. Um, so I think Mississippi State's defense is, is really good. I think their defense is going to come out and play a, a good game. And I think that's going to be helped by the fact that, you know, Illinois is not going to have uh, their best player. I, I don't necessarily think that Mississippi State's going to run away with this game. I mean, Illinois' defense is very good and can keep them in, in the game. Uh, but I, I just don't see e- any way you cut it. You know, you're talking about how, how you lose a play. I think there's a lot more play uh, ways that you win uh, this under 46 than, than you lose. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this game's out in Tampa. Weather looks to be beautiful, uh, low 80s out there. So, I mean, you just could not ask for better weather. So, uh, has it been weather? Not a, a cold, not a windy, not anything like that. Just two, you know, a, a, good, a good defense, underrated defense for Illinois, one of the top four defenses of the country. Um, and again, losing their running back uh, makes it a little bit harder to score. So, uh, the under 46, they're a pretty strong play in our opinion. Uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tulane versus USC. Um, this is down the road from, from me here in Arlington at, at, at Jerry World playing the Cotton Bowl, not in the Cotton Bowl, which is uh, one of the many confusing things about bowl season. We've just got a lot of confusing yeah. things happening, to be honest. Yeah. If you really stop and think about it. Um, you know, the Cotton Bowl is actually a stadium in Dallas, and they don't play the Cotton Bowl in the Cotton Bowl anymore. Um, you can get into this game for like eight bucks. Um, a Tulane, not a big fan base. USC, I mean... Do they? I mean, I'm not sure how much of a fan base they have, how much they really care. Um, right. Lots of better things to do in LA. Um, had had hopes of a playoff. So if you are a diehard fan, maybe a little bit disappointed they didn't make the playoff. Um, just apparently not a lot of fans traveling, and or just not enough to pack the whole place, the big stadium. And uh, right. Tulane's probably not doing their part. Just not a big, <laughs> you know, football following. So uh, pretty easy to get a ticket if you want to hop on and down and see this one. It should be a tight contest. USC is a two favorite. The model says at full strength that USC should be a five-point favorite. Um, I mean, A, big question, does USC want this after missing out on the playoff? Yeah, just never know. We saw mm-hmm. Alabama, who came out early and looked like maybe they didn't want it against Kansas State. Kansas State looked great to start. Who knows what happens in that game if Kansas State gets that touchdown on that 18-play, 10-minute drive. Right. That was definitely a turning point in that game. Uh, you never really know them at the time. You might suspect, but you never really know until you look back. You say, man, that, that changed the game there. Kansas State not scoring Alabama. Great drive. They get the ball uh, you know, to start the second half. It gets a quick turnover and another score, and that game's over. And so Alabama kind of looked in the same game, both like they did and didn't want it. <laughs> and worked out pretty well for them. They ran away with that. USC, you just don't know. If they, if they really do want this, they've got the talent. To to be Tulane, but you just you just don't know, and yeah. that's obviously a big cloud hanging over this. With regards to the players, uh, Caleb Williams seems to be uh, healthy and close to 100. Uh, percent The bigger concerns for USC, they will be without their starting center, and centers are relatively important in college football. The way they kind of manage the offensive line, they're the quarterback of the offensive line. That's just a little bit of a concern there. They're moving one of their guards over. Um, their other guard uh, will also miss the Cotton Bowl. So now we're putting two new guards in there and the center's being moved over. Uh, they're also losing Jordan Addison, 
who is a, a good receiver, probably not the biggest deal that I feel like they've got wide receivers just coming out of their ears. Yeah. Um, but the, the line is an issue potentially for USC. And that might be why the numbers dropping. And again, just the, uh, we don't really know where USC's head and heart is with regards to the disappointment of, uh, you know, if Caleb Williams stays healthy against Utah, maybe they win. Uh, at least they feel like they have a chance. Yeah. And that injury against Utah, they really just fell out of that game in the conference, in the Pac-12 championship game. And so, um, you know, I think I would not take two with Tulane. I would love to take Tulane if I was getting three, especially three and a half, maybe four. But taking two, I'm not going to take two with them. Uh, USC, I'd lay two if you really think that they're going to show up and play. I just don't know. And so we're going to yeah. pass on the side and instead focus on the over 63 and a half. Tulane has played in a lot of high-scoring games this year, as much as they're yeah. known for their defense. And USC also played in a lot of high-scoring games this year. Obviously, you'd love if this was 62, but this thing's probably going to land more likely in the 70s or 80s than anything else. So uh, these are two teams who could score, and 63-and-a-half uh, just doesn't seem like enough. So we're going to go over on this one. Cousin uh, Jared, uh, give us some more insight onto that pick. USC's defense deserves a lot of credit for all the turnovers that they generated this season. Uh, but the issue is, is that their defense was pretty bad uh, other times. So uh, you talk about motivation. I think that, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm not breaking news here. I think Lincoln Riley is a good enough coach that regardless of the motivation of the offense, I think he's still going to find a way uh, to put up some points. You know, when, when they've struggled in, in, when he was in Oklahoma and they struggled in bowl games, it's because, you know, they were playing against really stout teams. You know, it's not like they were going up against, I mean, no offense, Tulane had a great season. We loved riding Tulane this season, but not the same. Tulane was so good to us this year. They were, they were, I mean, I can't say that enough. I, I think we backed them nine times. They went eight and one for us. I mean, yeah, just couldn't ask for really much more. Yeah, unbelievable, really. Um, but the thing is, is that like this is just not the same type of caliber uh, defense that Lincoln Raleigh has faced in his his past bowl season. So uh, I think USC is still going to find a way to put up points, but USC's defense is not great to begin with. And then you factor in what the motivation is after potentially having a chance to go into the playoff and now playing in the Cotton Bowl, which being a prestigious bowl, Cotton Bowl against, you know, Tulane when, I mean, let's, let's be for real. If you're USC and you're playing in a bowl game and it's not the playoff, you want it to be the Rose Bowl, right? Like you, you don't want it to be the, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. So um, I think USC is going to give up a lot of points. Maybe, maybe the Orange Bowl because the Orange Bowl has a lot of history. Maybe you could at least argue that fun trip across the country, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but that's, yes, that's other. That's the list. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think that USC is going to give up a lot of points in this game and who the heck knows how it's going to end up with uh, Tulane being so much more motivated. Uh, but, but I think that there's just going to be points no matter how you cut this one. Yeah. And Tulane, again, known for some of their defensive games, right? There's that Kansas state game from the start of the season. Uh, they played a lower scoring game with Southern Miss. They played one with uh, East Carolina, Houston. Uh, surprisingly, of course, that Houston game, they were without, uh, I think they were out of the third string quarterback for most of that game. But I mean, when you look at since the East Carolina game, that was in early October Tulane uh, against South Florida, played in the game with 76 points against Memphis, 64 against UCF, 69 against SMU, 83 against UCF in that rematch in the conference title game, um, 73. So wow. they could put up and give up some points and USC absolutely can too. And, and the other thing that we have to talk about, right? If, if there is any lack of motivation, how is that going to manifest itself, right? Well, yeah. it's a lot more fun to go out and score points than it is to 
make your perfect assignments on defense, right? So if, if there is any like lack of motivation, but you're out there, you're like, we're going to have fun and play a football game. What are you trying to do? Well, if you're an offense, you're going to have fun. You might score some points. If you're a defense, what are you going to try to do? You're going to try to get right. turnovers. Just if you're out there and you're like, not really that motivated, you might miss some assignments, but you're going to, you're going to be looking for the ball. That's what USC did all season. They looked for the turnover. Yeah. That turnover is going to create some short fields potentially. And what's it also going to do when you go for the turnover and you miss, it's going to give up some big plays, which is what they did all season anyway. So yeah. it yeah. just seems like there should be a lot of points in this one. You never know. There's no locks gambling could end up with just turnovers at the goal line and and teams going for fourth down at the goal line and not getting it right weird things that can happen but there should be a lot of points in this one so we're gonna go over 63 and a half there in the cotton bowl the other afternoon game on monday purdue versus lsu this one in orlando similarly good weather lsu is a 15 point favorite this number yeah this yeah this number was half of this when it opened at seven and a half but at the time we did not realize exactly what was going to happen with both teams. At the time, we were a little bit concerned about Jaden Daniels, if he would be uh, 100% or not, uh, if he would play or not. And since then, it seems like he is going um, to be fine. LSU, uh, not 100%, you know, losing a pretty dang good wide receiver. And that's, you know, not ideal. Um, They're also losing another receiver, hurting some depth. That's, That's not... Um, good losing an edge rusher um, as well. So not hundred percent there, but Purdue, my goodness, not only losing the head coach and defensive coordinator, um, they're losing their starting left guard. Um, they're also losing obviously their quarterback and Aiden O'Connell. They're missing their best wide receiver and their tight end who had 56 catches. Um, <laughs> the best wide receiver had over a hundred. Um, they're also losing one of their best quarterbacks and another great defensive player, um, they're missing a lot and that adds up, right? You could do without maybe one or two of those guys, but it's a long list for Purdue. This game reminds me a little bit of maybe the Oregon state Florida game earlier this year, a little bit of the Utah state one last year when, um, yeah. was it Utah state? Was it Nevada? I think it was Nevada actually, not Utah state. Nevada was a team that had, lost like all their players, you know, half their key players and then just turned over the back and got thumped. And that's kind of what this is starting to feel like for Purdue. They're just too many good players gone. Uh, We're going to lay the 50 with LSU very reluctantly. Um, It's not an exciting pick to make. Uh, I hate letting big numbers like this. Purdue's not a bad team, but I just don't know what Purdue's got left. And this feels like a game that could be a runaway. If LSU shows up to play, uh, they're going to have a lot more talent on the field than Purdue, simply because all Purdue's best players seemingly uh, have left. Because Jared um, is reluctant the best word to use for for our uh, for our play on this one. I'm not sure if reluctant is strong enough uh, because <laughs> I, I hate the thought of laying 15 points. But uh, Purdue has just lost so much, and I and I feel like that's why we've been so successful uh, this bowl season is because we really sit down here. And I mean, we basically just read, read through who all is going to be gone for each team. And at some point, the preponderance of evidence is overwhelming that like, you know, this team has been gutted. It's going to be really hard for them to stay competitive, especially with a team like LSU, which if they have any motivation at all is already like kind of in a different caliber uh, of league than Purdue is. Uh, But I guess I have to ask you, so you're telling me that Drew Brees is not going to make the difference for, for Purdue in this game. Uh, how many games has Drew Brees ever coached? I probably I think the answer is zero. <laughs> um, because I'm Quite pretty sure. 
Yeah, he went right from, uh, you know, playing into the booth. And yep. Yep. I don't know what he's been doing this last year. Uh, special assistant or something like that. And many coaching. <laughs> yep. anyway, yep. So, yeah. So just people, as you're watching this game uh, and, and you wonder, is that Drew Brees on the sideline? Yes. And I'm sure yes. we talked about ad nauseum on the broadcast oh, that sure. Drew Brees yeah. is, is on the sideline. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I don't think Drew Brees is going to help him. I think that Purdue has just oh, lost sure. too much too quick and, and they're not going to be able to hang in there with LSU. And, and, and look, again, uh, we're not going to get every pick right. Um, I feel like we've done incredibly well. We've still missed a bunch of picks, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. the way it is. We're making yeah. a pick on every game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but we, you know, if this one loses, obviously it could be for any number of reasons, right? We always talk about it. think through all the ways you can lose a bet. There, if you can't find one, you're not thinking hard enough, um, right. especially when you're on a, when you're on a, a against a spread situation like this. Um, but I mean, isn't the bit more likely that the Drew Brees thing is a distraction more than anything else? I mean, think about the last several weeks. You, you know, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a good. I mean, maybe maybe there's a case we made that like he's got some great insights and he's really passing that knowledge along and they're soaking it in. But it's also like. I would be distracted if all of a sudden, you know, a guy like that is all of a sudden hanging around me, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm just not convinced it's like a good thing for Purdue. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, if you just got like, if you're a college football player, many of which aren't going to have the opportunity to play in the NFL. And all of a sudden you got like a hall of fame quarterback, just like hanging out with you and coaching you up and make a small talk to you on the sideline. Yeah. You're, you're probably not going to be super focused. All the guys that are going to play in the NFL aren't playing in this game. <laughs> not maybe all, but most of them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, if, and if he's coached like for the full season, it's a little bit different story because you're with him from the start and training camp and you get that yeah. out of the way. I'm talking about it feels more like a distraction here in this four-week window of like you only got like, you know, it, 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 it just a coming in at this time. Um, yeah. Last point I want to make on this, there is a little bit of history in these situations of when a team gets steamed out hard like this, it tends to be because of – players being out and it tends to win. It's not a hundred percent, but the odds historically are in favor of just back the steam. I do not believe in that in the regular season. Um, I've, I've got evidence on that. I'm working on writing up a, a paper uh, on this exact subject and the regular season it's 50, 50 on the steam chasing. Um, a lot of times the opening lines are just as good as the closing lines uh, or, or, or they're so close that it's not really, it's a rounding year, right? In bowl right. season though, when a number moves a lot, it's because of opt-outs in these situations. And what we tend to find is, like in that Oregon State-Florida game, when the yep. number moves a lot, it actually should have moved more because we are very well-versed with how much a player's worth, this guy being out, that guy being out. But it's harder when it's a whole bunch of guys and with that cumulative right. effect. Um, and so, again, LSU may not care that much. They may not show up. Who knows? But, I mean, if they show up, um, this feels like it will fall into that bucket of games that you will say, yeah, it got steamed out, and it should have been steamed out even more just because Purdue doesn't really have a team left, and they're not really at full strength. Um, if they were at full strength, the model would say this should be about 8.3, and that's what the uh, about what the spread was to start off. <laughs> it was a pretty good number. And yeah. uh, then we have to adjust accordingly, and again, historically speaking, um, we would just indicate just, just – chase it and and don't really care about your lane because uh Purdue yep. might lose by a lot uh given that they've got a show of a team left. Yep. Which takes us to the granddaddy of them all. I mean I had to say it, sorry. Um is that like I put a penny in the swear jar, I guess. Um 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh so 2 p.m. local time, Utah and Penn State out in the Rose Bowl. It's about a pickle. Penn State's getting a point. Um total on this one is 
52 and a half with regards to who's in and out of this one. We've got Penn State, one of their top receivers is going to be out. We're still unsure about one of the uh, linemen. Uh, they also are losing a cornerback um, as well. Those seem to be the main ones. With regards to Utah, they're without a running back, but I think they've got pretty good running back depth. Not 100% of that, but I, I think so. They are losing uh, a a first-team All-American cornerback, which could matter, and tight end Dalton Kincaid, who is one of the best, probably the best tight end in uh, college football, a great receiver, Uh, had 70 catches on the season, and that matters a lot for Utah as well. What also matters for Utah is that Penn State seems to destroy every team they face if you're not Ohio State or Michigan. I assume Georgia would fall in that category. If they played Georgia, I don't think they would destroy Georgia either. But other than that, Penn State seems to really take care of business. According to the model, Penn State is the uh, 10th best, or should be the 6th best team. Utah is the 7th best team. So uh, this should be a really close contest. Both these teams have 10 wins. Sidelines has basically a pick Um We're going to go over 52 and a half. We're going to take the one point with Penn State. Cousin Jared, I'm just going to let you have the floor. Number one, like go over in this game. I mean, literally what have we seen from these two teams this season that would make you think that this game isn't going to easily go go over the total? Uh, obviously, I know 52 and a half, you wish, wish it were 52, but you know, I think this is going to go over easily. I don't think you should be concerned about that. And it- it feels it feels like, and I, I hate to bring it up because I feel like I feel like I brought this up as much as you've brought up the Justin Wilcox thing. Um, when you go back all the way to, I believe it was like week one or week two of the season, uh, Mississippi State was on the road at Arizona, and they were favored by like eight. And I said, "Lay the eight. Don't care that it's not seven. You're like, oh, I want seven. Don't yep. worry about it. Just lay the eight. The model said it should have been like fifteen. I was like, really, yeah. you should be worried about about 14 instead of seven. Yeah. And I think the number got up to 11. I said, still take it. You should be worried about 14 and not yeah. seven. And it turned out they won by like 18 or 20 or something. I think it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like you're sitting there, you're like, oh, I wish it was 52, but it's like, really, you should be worried about 55, 58, 59, yeah. 62, right? Those are the numbers you should be worried about if this game plays out like we think it will. Yeah, exactly. So go over. That's just been, uh, even in, uh, you know, we, we, give Penn State a hard time about how they perform against Michigan and Ohio State. But even that Ohio State game, I think their offense acquitted themselves for the most part fairly well. I mean, it didn't go until late, but they still scored enough points in that game. Really the only game you could point to that their offense kind of floundered a little bit was against against Michigan. So, well, and and, and I think it was the first game of the season against Purdue that might have been a little sketchy there too. But anyway. They also had a couple of games. I think that Northwestern they did as well because they think that game yeah, was played yeah. in like a monsoon or something. They had a couple mm-hmm. of weather games being in the Big Ten yeah. that – you yeah. just kind of you throw out, but yeah, without the weather. And again, the uh, just a, a real quick weather update on this. You, you say out uh, to the Rose Bowl at Southern California. There's a bunch of rain coming to Southern California, like flooding rain. Which, uh, to be fair, out there, like an inch probably floods it because that city's yeah. not built to handle rain because it never rains out there. There's a yeah. bunch of rain coming. It seems like it's gonna hold off until after the game. But if you're going to the game, uh, you know, bring your ponchos, like your little fold up ones, like in your pocket because it looks like the rain's gonna come. Like you know. Six o'clock ish local time kickoff at two. If it's yeah. really kickoff like two fifteen, like it's gonna be like two. If this game goes to overtime, you might start seeing some sprinkles by the end. But it looks like it should be mid fifties, nice weather, uh, chilly weather for Southern California. But weather that's probably hot for Utah and Penn State in January. These guys are probably gonna love fifty five degree weather playing playing in that. So should yeah. be good weather for football. So it 
shouldn't matter about um, you know, no, no real weather concerns, at least as of right now. We're pretty close to kickoff. So, I mean, we have a pretty good idea. We think the rain will hold off. If that rain for some reason comes earlier, that could be a problem. But again, within 24 hours, we think it's going to hold off until after the game. Yep, de- definitely agree. So, and, and then, so that's my analysis on the total. And you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I was been waiting for literally weeks as we've been talking about every bowl game. I've been wanting to say, is Penn State playing Ohio State or Michigan? And the answer is no. And so we're going to back Penn State. Uh, I, <laughs> you, I, it just seems too easy. And I think, don't get me wrong, Utah's good. But yeah. Utah has shown us at times this season that they are not a perfect team. And I think that this line, especially because this line opened up around Penn State plus three, there's I hung it two and a half for a long time. Uh, I think it was just an overreaction to the USC Utah game where, you know, USC just kind of Caleb Williams got hurt and then they completely fell apart. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Penn State in this spot. And I, I definitely love the over 52 and a half. That's probably one of my more favorite plays of bowl season. Yeah, and I've had Utah as a top 10 team for a while now. Even when they didn't look as good, I still thought they were a top 10 team. So, I mean, the, the Utah-USC thing wasn't surprising to, to us. We took Utah. Um, right. Had, had no, no qualms about that. Uh, and, and they were playing well even before the Caleb Williams injury. Now, if he stays healthy, and who knows. But um, Utah's a very good team and don't want to take anything away from them. Um, I think, though, like you pointed out, they have flaws. The reason that they're seventh, I mean, seventh is still good. Like, again, I, do, I don't want to take anything away from them. the seventh best team. That's still pretty good. Uh, yeah. Before bowl season, that's ahead of the TCU. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. But, but we saw in some of their games, like you said, just some flaws. The reason they're seventh and not fourth or fifth Right. And, and, and knocking on the doorstep of the top teams in the playoff is some of those flaws. Penn State is sixth. And I think the reason that they're not knocking on the doorstep is they just can't beat Ohio State or Michigan. Those two teams just, yeah. are, you know, have just otherwise they played really well. And, and, and I, I get what your viewer, your reaction may be. Well, Penn State didn't play as good a teams. Uh, if you're taking away the two toughest teams of the schedule, like they didn't play a team of Utah's quality, hundred percent, absolutely agree. But we have loads and loads and loads of data that tells us that how you perform against mediocre teams does inform how you're going to play against better teams. How you play against bad teams informs us as to how you're going to play against better teams. It's not a one-to-one comparison, but we can take the data and we can translate it. And the idea that Penn State played as well as they did against teams ranked 15th, ranked 20th, ranked 25th, ranked 30th, right? With a lot of the Big Ten was in that ballpark tells us how they're going to play against the top 10 team, which they're facing in Utah, and they should equip themselves really well. They just cannot play with that top three. And again, all season, the top three has been Georgia, Michigan, yep. Ohio State. And uh, Bama flirting up with that top four at times, but just being so inconsistent and struggling um, so many games really dropped yeah. them even out of that that top slot. So, uh, yeah, Penn State not good enough to compete with those teams, but did really well against everyone else. So, yeah, we're going to take the point of Penn State, money line, whatever it is. Uh, don't overthink it. Just just grab grab the point, grab the money on whatever's out there. Just it is what it is. Maybe the point matters. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe yeah. the odds help you. Whatever. I don't want to talk think too much about it. Just take Penn State. Um, is our recommendation again the over 52 and a half. And I have to second everything you said. Penn State scores a lot. Utah's defense just not as good as it's been for offense a lot no. better, though. Now Utah offense has looked really good. If you compare last year's Utah defense with this year's Utah offense, which is a little bit of what we saw at the very end of the season with Utah. They just couldn't do it for the yeah. full season last year. You got a dang good football. And they're, again, they're still really good. But again, their offense has gotten a lot better this year. They're going to put up some points. So is Penn State. Should be a lot of points. Should be a lot of fun there for the Rose Bowl. 
And after that, you got Monday Night Football. Uh, you do have the FCS Championship game, which we're not going to talk about. Down the road from me here in Frisco. Uh, should be a good contest, but I don't have a model for FCS, so I can't really add any insight to that. But where we can add insight, National Championship game, about a week from whenever you're watching this, January 9th, or I guess watch it for the first time and then maybe coming back <laughs> to see it later. Um, since the, the first four games are going to happen, like basically when I upload this. Um, yeah. January 9th, 8 p.m. Eastern, TCU and Georgia. And this is where I feel like, can we talk for half an hour on this game? I mean, it seems like it's on the- we, we did talk for almost half an hour about this game before we came on. We probably did. We probably did. So like, how do we like summarize? Maybe now we just got to summarize the key points from that as, as succinctly as possible. Um, where to start off with? The model says Georgia minus 13.1. Um basically holds Georgia about where they were for that win over Ohio State, gives TCU a little bit of a boost. It doesn't give TCU a huge boost. And you say, now, how is that possible? They were an eight-point underdog, and they won by six. Uh, they beat one of those top three teams you just talked about. And you're absolutely right, they did. And it was a great performance by them. Uh, it was a fun game. Oh, my gosh. It was so much Very fun to watch. Fun. Yeah. Both semifinals, best semifinals, best pair of semifinals, hands down, we've ever had. Yeah, Two no of the top games. Two of the top games. Uh, the Ohio State Clemson game was also from a few years ago. Semifinal was really good as well. Yeah, and, um, and I, I think it needs needs to be said because I heard this mentioned before. I felt like this was the first year that we had four like teams that just absolutely truly deserve to be there, and that definitely came through in the games that like these teams just really deserve to be there, and we kind of got what we were hoping we would get. Yeah, as opposed to in years past, we've had a lot of, you know, Cincinnati last year was a great story, but we we always yeah. wondered if they were just still a step behind or we've constantly had teams that, you know, Washington, I remember that one year that Washington made it uh, and they didn't play terrible against Alabama in that game, but I mean, they were just also a step behind and we knew yeah. that, or we've had teams who've, you know, someone had to make it, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, we've had a lot of times where it just hasn't gone as well as we'd hope, but I mean, it, obviously really fun. Bottom line about the TCU win, uh, number one, Michigan on the first drive of the game, he gets under the two yard line and and has a penalty, which hurts. And I don't understand what they're thinking with all these trick plays at that part of the field on the first drive of the game when they've been talking the whole time about how they're just going to run over TCU. And they kind of did because they put up 45 points. So yeah. I, I, the TCU players now are like, oh, they said they were going to run all over us and they didn't. But no, they did. They put up 45 points. They ran all, <laughs> they, they, they they owned you on on offense, and I don't know why they didn't do that. They should have scored there. That was terrible play calling and, and, a, and yeah. a horrible decision um, to get too cute early. So Michigan, you know, should score there. Uh, you have the weird thing. I don't know if you're if you're aware of this. If you saw this, uh, they they talked about it on the broadcast. But that interception that Michigan has um, early on in the game catches it at the plus forty five. They spot him at the minus uh, plus forty nine. They spot him at the minus forty nine. I do not know why. They yeah. did that. The bomb, the big pass play, which maybe was the touchdown. It's hard to really tell if that was even a touchdown. They ruled yeah. it, you know, short of the one inch and the, and the and the guy fumbled. So think about the luck that TCU had there. Number one, they had the luck of the referee just missed the spot by two yards. Then they had the luck of that call wasn't a touchdown, which again, I don't I don't know. I guess not. And then you have the luck of the fumble. Yep. On that. So you needed three things there for Michigan not to get another seven points. So you take the first one, which was good luck on TCU because they were playing a dumb opponent straight up. And then all the luck they had on the next one, TCU could have then given up 59 points in this game. So yeah, the model's not really like jumping for joy, singing TCU's praises because that could have been 59 for Michigan. And oh yeah, TCU got two pick sixes, which 
you can't take those away from them, but you can't predict that it'll happen again. Now, with the way that Bennett played uh, in that last game, maybe that happens here again, but that's not something that is predictable going forward. Right. Maybe some interceptions, but pick sixes are, are not. So uh, TC had a lot of luck in that game and barely won. Uh, Georgia, I didn't play great. Is that a fair assessment, Cousin Jerry? Georgia didn't play great against Ohio State uh, until, mm-hmm. until the last drive? Yeah, that's just going to say, like, definitely no question. Like, the first two and a half to three quarters, they did not play great at all. Yeah. Yeah. Still escape with a win again against Ohio State team that we said from, I said from all the whole time that they were one of the top three teams. Um, my hesitancy, I think, uh, I, I believe uh, you were leaning towards Georgia, and I talked you out and got us to play no play because I, I just didn't know because I was sitting there going, like, Ohio State with a month of playing, like could give Georgia some problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. And sure enough, they did uh, covering, not winning, uh, obviously. I think the fact that this game is happening 10 days after the last game and you don't have a month to prepare matters because now you're yeah. just relying on your normal game plan. You're week to week. You're not adding any new wrinkles. Really? Uh, you're not scheming up anything special. You're just lining up and playing. Well, uh, if we know one thing about TCU lining up and playing, it's they just chuck it deep. Um, yeah. uh, Georgia played another team that just chucks it deep earlier in the season, if I recall, uh, in Tennessee. And how did that go? If I'm glad Jake's not here because maybe it's like I guess what I should say, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it did not go well at, at all for for Tennessee. I think they scored ten points in that game, and or thirteen points or something like that. And that was with a late touchdown. I mean, they, they the reality is is the for the entirety of the game they were below ten points. So uh, yeah, they did not go well for Tennessee in that game at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're gonna lay the thirteen and a half with Georgia. You see over on the screen there, we're not going to take the game over. Instead, we are going to go with the Georgia team total over. I think the Georgia team total over is our favorite play of this game. Uh, 37 and a half right now. It should be over 38 for sure. We saw Georgia attempt several goals in the last game. So getting to 38, I mean, five touchdowns and a field goal seems very within reason for them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There's a tiny bit of juice on it. But again, uh, Georgia team total over 37 and a half. We're going to lay the 13 and a half with Georgia. Because, uh, Jared, what are the points that I missed there? I feel like you hit on on most of them. Uh, I, I, I can say, so I was very hesitant to, to lay the points at first. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is just because of how the bowl season has played out when the yeah. underdogs have just been so profitable, just almost blindly. If you blindly took points in this bowl season, I don't want to know what your record would be, but you would be up uh, quite cool. a, a nice – Andrew- Indoor money line just took. I mean, you might have lost a couple more, but on some of those yeah. plus odds, you'd have hit huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and but we I, did. And by the way, uh, uh, shout out to all of you people on Patreon getting the plays of the day because we did take advantage of that on a lot of those money lines. We were on a bunch yeah. of them. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I just. I think that was the source of my hesitation, but I need to tell myself this is just not a normal bowl game. This is more like a regular season game. And I think if this game were in the regular in a regular season, I think I would say lay the points. I mean, Georgia is just so good. They're they're motivated. They've been there before. I know TCU looked really good in that last game, but I think there is just something to say. The composure that Georgia demonstrated at the end of that Ohio state game to come back the way that they did, you know, this is going to be the, the, the second time that a majority of these players are in this exact situation. Um, I just think that everything is in Georgia's favor in, in this game. Uh, and, you know, 
if I look dumb, I'll be more than happy to look dumb because that means that we got either a really good game or TCU somehow pulled off uh, the, the upset. But I think Georgia is just too good. And uh, the team, to, to, to your point on the team total, I mean, what have we seen from Georgia in every big game this season? They've, they've been able to put up points, and I don't think TCU's defense is going to be able to stop them. No, TCU's defense has stopped no nobody this season yeah, that has yeah. both a passing game and a running game yeah um, if you have if you have any semblance of both you've scored a lot of points on tcu iowa state didn't that was iowa state there's a reason they didn't play in a bowl game um right. texas yeah. didn't texas really struggled back half of the year passing they had a great running game but they just did not know i mean and tcu just like dared them to beat them through the air well TCU did kind of try to do the same thing against Michigan. They were like, we're going to stop the run. We're going to dare you to beat them through the air. And there was like long pass play after long pass play, it seemed like, mm-hmm. uh, for Michigan. And, and it since been a good enough quarterback to take advantage of that. They cannot just stack the box and stop right. Georgia's run game. And Georgia's running game, uh, uh, maybe not as good as you would think from a good SEC team, but TCU's run defense, again, not good. They've stopped, again, almost nobody on the ground unless they've really committed right. to doing that. TCU's defense is going to be really overmatched. They're going to have a hard time because they, if they try to stop one thing, the other thing is going to be there for them. And Georgia's good enough offense to take advantage of it. So, um, yep. yeah, I think to, to add to that, yeah, again, I, mean, I was shocked it was 38. I guess it makes sense when you do the implication here, but that's why I think – you got to lay the 13 and a half with Georgia or you got to go over or something. Something's got to give there because I just see Georgia scoring a lot of points. I don't see TCU who gave up that many points to Michigan. Who's um, an inferior offense to Georgia. Uh, How Georgia doesn't score more points. The other thing is Georgia this year hasn't looked as good. A lot of games and we've kind of questioned them all season. They've kind of just played with their food a little bit. Yep. This is the one game where you wouldn't do that. You would actually come out yeah. and just kind of say, okay, yeah. like we're going to literally leave it all on the table here and try to be back-to-back champions, right? So yeah. you got you got that going in their favor. You also have the fact that TCU, there's a reason why they're ranked eighth in the model and not fourth or third or something like that. It's because the way they play, it's, it's earlier, right? The way they played against all the other teams has to scare you against Georgia. You say, I know they just beat Michigan, but we covered that. That feels like a little bit of a fluke based off all the weird wonky things that went their way. And again, you can't take that away from them. If you're a fan like that was, you have to be living on cloud nine. It was a lot of fun, but you have to look at that game and say, we need all of those things to also go away against Georgia. And even then, I'm not sure they win. They probably would cover if all those things went their way, but that doesn't seem overly likely to get all those breaks. Again, you saw all the close games that they played during the regular season. And uh, if they don't get those breaks, the fact that Georgia again has nothing to you know hold back for now, they have right. no you know if, if any of the other games were like oh well this isn't as big as the national championship game so they, they just didn't have quite the motivation during practice that week. Well, you're back now. You've got the motivation again, right? So yeah, you, yeah. you expect this to be the best game of the year for them. And like you said, the the pressure, the nerves. You got a lot of these kids. Uh, yeah. Who knows how that ever goes? It's hard to predict that, but you have to at least feel better that. That's a non-issue for Georgia. And it might not be an issue for TC, but it might be. Whereas with Georgia, at least you you don't have to worry about that. So um, obviously you'd love to lay a smaller number and I'm with you on that, but it feels like the most mismatched championship game we've ever had in college football. Is that too crazy to say, or do we have one of those weird Alabama Notre Dame games was Notre Dame one of the years in the BCS was that like a, a mismatch or I mean okay so uh, I mean do, 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 
do you realize who you asked this question to? So the first one yes. that came to my <laughs> mind was what, what year was it? Was it 2001 where number four, Nebraska ended up playing Miami in the Rose bowl. And it was like the Miami team that had all of the players. Mm. And it, was, it was never close. It was the Eric Crouch, Nebraska team. Uh, that's the one that kind of comes top of mind. Like that one, that was over before it started. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you just gave a, a good example a, as well. But yeah, this definitely feels like uh, coming into the game, um, one of the most lopsided games. But in my opinion, like, <sighs> I almost enjoy that more. If it ends up being a blowout, like, so what? The game's kind of a coronation of the college football season. But if the game ends up being good, it's, like, going to be one of the most exciting. I mean, the bar that this has to clear to be considered a really exciting game is not super high. I mean, if this is a one-score game at any point in the fourth quarter, it's like, man, this was a really good game. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I I agree that it seemed the, the conclusion kind of seems, you know, already written, like Georgia's going to win this thing. Uh, but I think that opens the door for a lot of excitement if TCU manages to, to hang in there. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it, it does make it, like you said, a fun thing to bet on as well, because you're yeah. sitting there saying, you know, we're either going to, if it's a blowout, you're going to love it because you're going to make money off of it betting Georgia, taking the team total over. And if you lose money, at least you got a really good game out of it to close out the season. So right. uh, kind of a win-win at least. But again, uh, it feels like a blowout. It's just more likely than not. Um, Georgia's defense, uh Probably still good, maybe not as good as it was before. We'll face a real interesting test with that TCU offense and how they chuck it deep. Um, yeah. But again, Georgia really rose the occasion against Tennessee. And yeah. there's a reason why we're going with the Georgia team total over rather than the game over is just don't know how that's going to play out. TCU might score a lot of points. It feels like Georgia's probably going to get to like 45. That's kind of the number in my head that I think they, yeah. they probably get to. And at that point, if it's 45 to 17 – it doesn't go over, but maybe TCU scores a lot of points and it's like 45 to 31, right? Either one of those Georgia covers only one of them. The game goes over, but again, that team total is the uh, best bet for this game in our opinion. And that's all we've got for you. No more bowls. (laughs) No more season. No more season. What am I going to do with my life? I mean, literally, I've got my like podcast set up here. You know, I'm here multiple times a week. I told my wife, I was like, I guess I'm going to clean it up because football <laughs> season's over. So I, you know, I, I still got to do basketball shows, but that's you know not not quite as often. So it's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. What's the what's the rolling over in his grave for someone who's not dead? What do you say for that? Because whatever that is, that's what Jake is doing right now, listening to this with you, yeah. you know, with you like kind of throwing some shade at the college basketball season. Well, you know, I'm going to be on the college basketball show. I'll still have everything here. I'll hop on. I'll talk. Uh, but yeah, it's not nothing quite like the excitement of college football I, season. I think that the people in the Discord, I feel like are going to revolt if you don't get in there and start giving them some totals. I mean, you're constantly referred to as cousin totals in the Discord chat. So that is, I feel that like maybe true. that's going to be your thing. You have to you have to make sure you're uh, at least at least constantly giving some, the people some good stuff in the Discord chat. You know, I, I like to, you know, kind of keep it a little, sp- make it a little sparingly. And so that way, mm. when it comes through, it's like real, really mm. good. I can just drop in there on a random Friday morning, give you three totals that go two and one. That's really what I'm going for. It does feel like you just kind of like randomly hop in and it's like just disappeared for like two days and then randomly like, here's some more totals. It's like, yeah. there he is again. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. 
All righty. Well, that's a wrap for us for this college football season. season. Thanks for tuning in yeah. another episode. Thanks for tuning in all season for us with this college football of picks with the professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right to your free college basketball rolling on right now. When that ends, we'll be on to baseball, which is uh, I, I feel like maybe my best sport. I love I love baseball and it. it yeah, it was so awesome here last year. So looking forward to that. Make sure you subscribe so you can get all of that stuff again dropped right to you back all week for the college basketball stuff. Until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can get your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money. <laughs>